0: Please find your seats, please turn find your hymn books. What? (laughs) Please find your get to your hymn books, please turn to twenty five, please, and thank you. Number twenty five, how firm a foundation. We will all sing together. We'll all stand together, get excited for the preaching, yes. If you are able, please stand with me.
1: That makes some people feel better.
2: What is it? Was that directed
1: at me? <laughs> no, <me>. it is not. <laughs> mm.
0: gonna take a couple minutes and uh, thought we'd take some praises this afternoon before the preaching if anybody has a has a praise that they'd like to share David yeah amen thankful for God's provision amen. absolutely Elizabeth I'm
1: thankful
2: for the time that I
0: had very good Yes, brother percent now yeah oh amen we're thankful he let you find it too <laughs> praise the Lord Elijah
1: I'm thankful for brother Frank coming out here and helping us out with the uh, get in the uh, jail ministry look to go um, getting together and the more working in that. Yep. Uh, also thankful for uh, Saturdays for uh, we taking time on reaching uh, people around our town. Yeah, and uh, that's working well. and mm-hmm. uh, we have one soul get
0: saved and preferably more. Yep, we've had some good conversations. You know, it yeah. seems like we're honestly, it seems like we're having more fruit than we've ever had as far as the conversations that we're talking, we're having with folks. And and I don't know if it's because we're different going out and doing it or if it's that the people are different because of what the last two years have been like, so they're softer. And not that we really dealt with ugly people or anything, just uh, you know, we've had good conversations. We'll just leave it at that. We've been able to really talk with people, which is a blessing. So hopefully God will use that and we'll see some of them start coming to church. Be a blessing. Anybody else? Yes. Don was able to make to church yeah, absolutely. Yep. I am also thankful that Brother Brian has come over here to, us, uh, to, to help us get us ready and to help us
1: work in prisons. So. Yeah. I think it's, it's something that, that burdens me quite some time since the last time he was here.
0: So. Yeah. Uh, I'm grateful that, that I made the step
1: to be able to so move forward.
0: Yep, absolutely. And I know, you know, something that I, I vaguely recalled until yesterday when it was brought up in the training that, you know, we know that rehabilitation in the prisons rarely, if ever, works for people. You know, what was the percentage, Brother Frank, of folks that are... What was it? Forty percent. Forty percent within five years or three years, within three years, right? I don't remember. Okay. I think that's what it was. Forty percent of people who get out of jail within yeah, three years, they're back in jail. You know and it just goes to show you that you know the prisons are not completely effective you know just barely uh 50 so it's an opportunity for us to be able to lead some of those people to christ and prayerfully they get out of get out of jail and they get to go to heaven one day and they get to do something for christ you know god's used some folks who've been in jail that have gotten saved and He's changed their life, and they come out and they're really able to influence folks that have been on a similar path as they were on, even more so than sometimes we can influence that person, you know, because they share a similar history. So it's a blessing. Anybody else? Elizabeth? Um, Just thankful that God catches us when we start going the wrong way. Mm Yes, absolutely. That God catches us when we're backslidden as brother Frank talked about this morning or we're you know going in a direction we shouldn't be going or making a decision we shouldn't be making God has a way of bringing that to our attention and help keeping us or steering us back onto the right path so amen I was thankful for the message this morning too that I know brother Ron was talking with brother Frank and then I, I jumped in I'd never caught that before the nets and the net yep. i had never seen that before uh, but you know it just goes to show how important the words in god's word are you know he's put those specific words in there for a reason and if we slow down a little bit when we're studying we have the opportunity to catch some of those things that maybe we've missed in the past and then all of a sudden it's like whoa god blows our mind with some neat truth or some great great truth that we've just overlooked because we didn't notice that there was one letter different in those couple of words there, so it's a blessing. I'm going to show you the, the King James when they translated that, they had to pick that up too. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Or, or singular. Sure. Mm-hmm. And they had help too, the Holy Spirit right. <laughs> helping them yeah. as He was okay. preserving they it. They had
1: to listen.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah they did. Yeah. No. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. I'm thankful we have it, that's for sure. Anybody else? All right, Brother Frank, I'll turn it over to you. I mean, you better get up again. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: Bunch of slave drivers around here. You volunteered. <laughs> <laughs> I did volunteer, actually. <laughs> no, I told your pastor, I said, uh, when he asked me, or whenever we scheduled the uh, training, I said, well, if you want me to, I'm starting my stopwatch, okay? I'm not texting. Uh, but I asked him, I said, um, it'd be all right if I stay over on Sunday and give an update. He said, yeah, that's fine. And I okay, well, I texted, what, this week or sometime last week, and I said, hey, um, what part do you want me to have in service? Because I always like to know ahead of time, so that way I don't walk in and be like, oh, by the way, you're teaching or you're preaching. You're
1: doing all three services.
2: Yeah, <laughs> and uh, I have walked into that before. And uh, because some guys are, uh, can, I, can I say it? And y'all not get offended at me. They're super spiritual, or they think they are, and they don't want nobody to know ahead of time what's going on. Uh, the God that I serve is a God of decency and an order. And I love when I walk in getting handed an order of service because I know everything's going to be done decently and in order at that point. Uh, I have walked into some churches in New Black. uh, Anybody got a song? And of course, nobody's gonna volunteer for nothing. Uh, song leader, anyway, I'm, on, I'm I'm. getting off track, all right? Uh, but I have walked in before and them tell me that, but I texted him, I said, hey, uh, what would you like me to do? He said, well, why don't you take care of Sunday morning and Sunday school, and I'll preach Sunday afternoon. I said, okay, that's fine with me. And I got a text, what was it, Thursday? He said, Thursday or Friday 1. And I told him, I said, well, if you want me to do more, you want me to do less. That's fine with me. Honestly, I'm not, I came to give an update and to teach a class. That's all I came for. But I will absolutely take the opportunity to preach the word of God. And I appreciate the opportunity. I want you to take your Bibles and go with me to the book of 1 Corinthians. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter number 3. Um, I'll probably not be long, Uh y'all just ate and so did I and that donut that I had was probably a bit over the top so uh, yeah I'm ready to get into some AC and sit back and just kind of and I know y'all start relaxing here in just a moment so I want to make sure you're able to get home and get you a Baptist nap amen Uh, that's the thing about Sunday afternoon services I love them honestly because I get to go home and spend the rest of the day doing whatever but they're hard sometimes because you did just eat. Right. And what happens after you eat, you get sleepy, right. okay? And now I know why he didn't want to preach this afternoon. <laughs> 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 no, I'm just kidding. But he did ask me if I would uh, just go through uh, how to witness to somebody. And I'm gonna, if my mind will stay with me, I'm going to look at it from a couple of different avenues. Uh, As far as being out on visitation, the first thing I'll look at it being out on visitation, door knocking. And then the other side of it with that gas station clerk, that cashier down at the grocery store, whatever the case may be. Uh, But I want you to look with me at 1 Corinthians chapter number 3, and we'll talk about some other scriptures. But um, 1 Corinthians chapter number 3, this is what we have to keep in mind. The Bible says in verse number 6, I have planted... Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one, and every man shall receive his own reward according to what? His own labor. Verse 9, For we are laborers together, you are God's husbandry. You are God's building. Let's pray, Heavenly Father. Bless the reading of Your Word. Give me clarity of thought, clarity of mind, Lord. Help me to be able to properly explain what I'm talking about this afternoon. What I pray that You'd loose my tongue. Be, help me to be able to talk properly and bring back to my remembrance the things that we've, that I've prayed about, the things I've. I'll uh, learn down through the years. Lord, I pray you'd help us now as we look into the scriptures, and we'll thank you we'll praise you. In Jesus' name, amen amen. The thing I want to make mention of at the very beginning is um, a couple of things. One, you're not in this by yourself. Um, I live three and a half hours south, and as far as I'm concerned, we're on the same team. Um, if someone, if Say for instance, if I had stopped last night at a gas station, and I had led someone, Lord had given me the opportunity to be able to witness to somebody, led someone, Lord Jesus Christ. I don't have a bit of problem sending them to Bible Baptist Church in Unity, mate. Why? We're all in this together. Mm-hmm. The Bible clearly says, verse nine: For we are laborers together with God. We're not on our team; we're on God's team. And I don't know about, I hated being on the losing team growing up. Hated it. I still hate it. But I'm on a winning team. Amen. Hey man. We win in the end. You say, Preacher, how do you know that? I've read the back of the book. We win. I, I typically don't read the back of the book first. But I didn't read it first. But I have read it. And we win. But it's our joy and it's our privilege to be able to take others with us. See on a team, in a regular team event, the only people that get to make it to the, say for instance, last year, and I'll bring up some, I'll pour some salt in the wound. You know, the Red Sox, they didn't make it to the World Series last year, did they? No? I don't. I don't think so. I know the Braves did. Okay, we won the World Series last year. Atlanta Braves. <laughs> World Series champions. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but you know, the only people that got the ring for the World Series, is those that was on the team, okay? Now here's the thing, they may have been able to bring other people to the ceremony, but only the people that was on the team got the ring. And they didn't have the ability to add other people to the team. They can tell people about the team, they can show them the team, they can't add them to the team, right? Well, we don't have the ability to add anybody per se, but we do have the ability to be able to introduce them. We have the ability to be able to make that introduction. I was in a meeting down in Pennsylvania this past week, and the pastor that I was with last Sunday morning down in Pennsylvania, he said, "Hey, come here a minute, preacher." And I said, "Okay." And it always makes me nervous whenever guys do that. He said, "Come here a minute." I said, "What is it?" He said, "Come over here. I want to introduce you to somebody." We introduced me to another pastor. I didn't know who that pastor was. Now I do. I know the name of his church. I have his card. Well, I did until it got left in my shirt pocket and got washed. I did have his card, (laughs) but I didn't know him before. But now if I see that man out, hey, Brother Gilbert, how are you? Why? Because someone made an introduction. The day that I got saved, by the grace of God, was a result of someone making an introduction. It wasn't that someone made an introduction necessarily to me, but September 19th, 1980, Previous to that, someone had made an introduction of Jesus to my father, and someone had given him a gospel track and said, hey, I want you to know Jesus loves you, and I love you. I invited him to church, and as a result of that, my dad bowed his head in the army barracks and trusted Christ as his Savior. Amen. Because of that, I'm here today. But it started with someone making an introduction, okay? Okay. So, a couple of things I want to make mention of. First, let's look at visitation. Let's look at door knocking, okay? Um, I don't know how you do door knocking. I'll tell you how I do door knocking. He asked me to teach, so I'm going to teach my way, okay? Um, there's no, I will tell you this, I don't think there's a one set way that you have to do it, okay? That There's just not. But if I'm walking up to a door, whenever I'm out on door knocking visitation, if I'm walking up to a door, I'm looking to see what's in the yard. If there's box there, if there's toys there, they've got kids. Or they've at least got grandkids, all right? I do the same thing that a thief does when he's casing a place. (laughs) Honestly, I look for visual cues. If I walk up, say for instance if I walk up and they've got a Patriots flag hanging from their front porch, guess what? We're gonna talk about football. I'm gonna bring it up at some point. Because I'm gonna knock on that door I'm representing Bible Baptist, hi, my Matthew Frank. I'm from Bible Baptist Church here in Unity, man. We just want to come by and give you an invite and be in church with us. Oh, okay, man, I appreciate that. Man, hey, notice you got a New England flag here. How long have you been following them? What did I just do? I just started a relationship with that person. If you open that door, because here's the thing, very rarely, if ever, do you knock on the door and immediately give the gospel. Very rarely. What has to happen? You have to have a relationship with that person first. If I see that flag or if I, down south, uh, we, in Georgia, where I live there, Georgia Bulldogs statues everywhere. I hate the Bulldogs, hate the Bulldogs, okay? I'm a Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets fan, all right? And I use that to my advantage because the rivalry is labeled clean, old-fashioned hate. So whenever I knocked on somebody's door and they had a Georgia Bulldog statue there, I talked to them for a minute. I'd say, yes, I saw your Bulldog statue sitting here whenever I walked up. I said, I almost knocked it off because I'm a tech fan. Well, immediately, I have just took their guard down because now we're talking on something that they understand, right? I read a lot on everything. I read the newspaper almost on it. Not the newspaper. I read it on my phone on almost a daily basis. Why? Because I want to stay up to date on what's going on so that that way, if I see somebody I'm talking to, them, I know what they're talking about. When I asked y'all who the Braves played in the World Series last year, y'all was like, we well, don't know. I asked you if the Red Sox went to the World Series last year. <laughs> I don't know. How's the Red Sox doing this year? Is it baseball season? Mm-hmm. But that's the thing, here in New England, hey, you're going to need to know those things. Well, baseball's not my thing. Okay, that's fine, but if you walk up and somebody's got a Boston Red Sox flag hanging from their boards, that's mm-hmm. a conversation starter. Okay, so brother Matthew, I, I like baseball. I don't care. I don't really care for baseball either. It's too publicized, uh, not publicized is not the right word. It's too uh, monetized or what? It's not monetized, but it, it's, there, it's too much about the money. No. It drives me crazy. Give me clean, old-fashioned college football where they're not playing for money, they're playing for the love of the game and they just wanna hit somebody, right? I can identify with that, okay? But here's the thing, I'm looking for a way to build a relationship. If I see that they have toys out in the yard, well, immediately I'm going, hey, we gotta, we do children's church or we do a bus ministry. Hey, can we come by and pick your kids up on the bus? How old are your kids? I'm looking for that way to be able to get in because what that does is that drops their defenses a little bit and especially here in New England. Visitation door knocking here in New England and I'm not knocking New England, don't take, don't take me the wrong way, okay? But it's different up here than it is down south. Down south, you were talking about somebody said just come on in, Bro, that's a regular occurrence down south. Now if you show up in shirt and tie, a uh, white shirt and a black tie. You ain't nobody coming to the door, okay? But if you show up and you've got on a button down or you've got on a polo, yeah, come on in. Because here's the thing. If someone shows up on your front doorstep and they've got on a white shirt and a black tie, what are they? Mormon. Okay? If they show up and they're wearing a tie, what are they? Zach see? You know what I wear on visitation when I go door knocking? I wear a pair of slacks, not even dress slacks. I wear a pair of Dickies, a pair of comfortable shoes. Did you hear me say comfortable? Okay, walking on pavement gets old after a while, okay? I wear comfortable shoes, I wear a pair of Dickies, and I wear a polo. Why? Because I don't want them to immediately have their guard up. To them, I might be their next door neighbor, okay? It's those little things like that. You want somebody to shut you down real quick? Show up with a big old bi- big old family Bible under your arm. Honestly, when I go on visitation, most times I have a soul winner's New Testament with me, and it's tucked in my back pocket. And they don't see my Bible. Why? Because I've got a handful of gospel tracts, and all I'm there for is, hey, let me talk to you about the church. Well, then if they say, well, you know, I haven't been to church in a while, but, you know, I typically go to such and such church. Okay, man, I'm glad to hear you go to church somewhere. Do you go on a regular basis? Well, if they don't, or if it's not a Baptist church, or a good Bible church, or a good church that I know the doctrinal their doctrinal preferences, here's the thing. I'm a Baptist from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. I believe we line up closest to the King James Bible. That's the reason I'm a Baptist. But I'm not so ignorant to believe that only Baptists are going to heaven either. I know Church of God people that are going to heaven. I know uh, some Catholics that I believe are going to heaven. I know some Episcopalians, Methodists. I mean, you go back to them old time Methodists. Y'all realize Charles Wesley was a Methodist, right? I think he's in heaven. But here's the thing. we, If they say, hey, I go to such and such, or they say I don't go anywhere at all, okay well, hey, man, our service times are right here on the back of our track. We do Sunday school at 930. We do church at 1030. We come back. We have a potluck every Sunday. And, man, let me tell you about that food. Okay? We had pork tenderloin the other day. We had some scalloped potatoes. We had some kind of pasta with Alfredo sauce, and it had cheese all over it. It was amazing. And we do stuff like that every Sunday. What have I done? I've started to build that relationship even more, okay? Then, after I've talked about the church, I'm gonna ask them one question before I leave. Hey, can I ask you a question real quick, right before I go, if you died right now, do you know for sure you go to heaven? I don't ask them if they're saved because I learned down south everybody's saved, but nobody goes to church. now here's the thing you don't have to go to church to be saved but i believe if you're saved you will go to church but you got to be prepared for them to say yeah i did that several years ago somebody came by and knocked on my door okay well tell me about that and this is where i do the same thing on visitation as i do when i'm talking to somebody in the store or whatever or i'm talking to somebody in prison i'll ask him to say well They'll say, well, yeah, I I remember, I I know for sure I'm going to heaven. Okay, how do you know that? And they say, well, I got saved when I was 10. Okay, well, tell me about when you got saved. And I always say this, this is me, okay? You have to do what works for you. But I always look at them and say, well, can you tell me about that? I'm nosy. I like details. Well, that tells them, hey, he really wants to know. Because here's the thing. So oftentimes when we're out on visitation, we're out door knocking, we're out. So when we listen to give a response, we don't actually listen to what they're saying. Because if somebody says, yeah, I used to go to church, but I just don't go anymore. That tells me two things. One, they don't attend church anywhere. And two, they possibly got hurt in church just from listening to what they actually said instead of listening to give a response. Because at that point, then I'm shifting gears a little bit, and I'm going to say, hey, you know, I know sometimes we can have bad experiences in church, and sometimes we can get hurt, and sometimes people do us wrong, and we don't really understand all that. But I'm telling you, we would love to have you down here Bible Baptist Church. What have I done? I've addressed what they were saying without them actually saying that. Is that always the case? No but chances are in today's culture if someone has been to church and they're not in church anymore chances are they really wasn't saved or they got hurt and nowadays we're all about our feelings and what makes me feel good and you hurt me so i'm not coming back now here's the thing there can i just be honest with you i hope i'm okay with it i've been hurting church more than i ever have outside the world I've had people say things to me in church that I'm like, I can't believe you said that. I had a lady look at me when I pastored. Pastor, you've probably you've probably pastored more spiritual people than this. But she looked to me and she stuck her finger right in my face and she said, "You're the problem here. You're why people don't come back." And then her husband said, "Come on, let's go." Before I could ever say anything back. Because what I was going to say back, they probably would have voted me out the next service, all right? I wasn't going to cuss her. I wasn't going to be, well, I was going to be ugly. Uh, (laughs) um, I just told a lie in church. Lord, forgive me, all right? What I was going to say was, no, you're the problem. Because she was. Okay? Here's the thing. I've been hurt in church more than I ever have out in the world. And chances are you have too. And we know what it's like to be hurt in church. People walk up to you and preach it, they, they honestly, I think some of them mean well, but they say some things that you're just like, why would you say that? Did you even think about that before you said that? It's almost like whenever people walk in church and they obviously had not come there or walk in Walmart for that matter. And it's like people take it a personal challenge nowadays to see how bad they can look when they go to public. It's like, did you even look in the mirror? It's like, did you even stop and put your filter in gear before you said what you said? Okay? People have been hurt in church. And the thing that we have to realize, no, we're not coddling them. No, we're not catering to their feelings. But you know what? Sometimes all it takes is admitting that it did in fact happen for people to heal and to move forward. That's all it takes. And whenever you address that as, hey, I know there's some times we have bad experiences. I know we've had bad experiences in church, and I don't. There's been some times that people have said some things to me that really hurt me and really just. I'm telling you, this church down here, it is a tremendous church. We would love to have you sometime. Just come be with us. Give us a chance. And I've got to the point nowadays where I just tell people, say, listen, we're not weird down there. Come be with us. Now, here's the thing: some churches I go to, I can't say that because there are some weird people in them churches, all right? I'm not saying there's not no weird ones here, okay? Might be- See, he admitted it, all right? You admitted it, all right? But here's the thing, and I wasn't going to call either one of y'all out. I, didn't, I wasn't even thinking about y'all, all right? But here's the thing. Sometimes people have been hurt. And in order for them to be willing to give church another chance, you have to be willing to admit, you know what? Our times we mess up. Remember, some plant, some water, but God giveth the increase. Paul said it. Verse number six, I've planted. Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. Okay? You so, say, well, preacher, what do we do after that? Well, what if what if they say, no, I don't know for sure if I died. If I died right now, I'd go to heaven. Okay, well, would you like to hear more about that? You know, some people will tell you no. no I'm not interested and at that point that's where you have to be willing to say you know what I appreciate your honesty could I leave this with you and can I take your name and your phone number down? and maybe come back by whenever you've got a little bit more time and be able to sit down and show the scriptures to you because here's the thing some people they're interested but they're not interested right then don't be afraid if, if someone says no don't be afraid hey can I get your name and phone number I'd like to follow up with you sometime It'd be all right if I drop you a text sometimes. Hey, you got time to sit down and have a cup of coffee? You know I've learned if you buy some, if you buy somebody something, it it has a way of greasing that wheel a little bit. So, brother Matthew, you you're paying people to get in church. No, I'm paying I'm paying so that, that way I can have an opportunity to talk to them. Hey, I paid to preach on the radio for years. If I can pay to preach on the radio, I can pay somebody to get, <laughs> stand there and give the gospel to them, right? I hadn't got to the point where I started pulling out $5 bills <laughs> when I get to the doors. All right, 15 minutes, $5, how about it? I haven't got to that point, right? But at the time, at some time, you're going to have to be willing to come back later. Sometimes they're going to shut you down and say no. But there's two things, three things, really, that you should always carry with you on visitation. One is your Bible, a New Testament, and we'll talk more about that in a second, a New Testament, gospel tracts, and a pen. Because if you say, Hey, can I get your name and phone number? And you go, You have a pen?
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, no. You ain't getting nothing. All <laughs> right. So Brother Matthew, that's simple. Here's the thing. Witnessing the people, you know what it is? It's simple. It's not hard. You know who makes it hard? We do. Because we get so and I say we, okay? We get so intimidated by people that we make it hard. Every time I have the privilege to be able to take the Bible and show someone from the Word of God how to be saved, I am amazed and astounded by how simple it is. Just this past Friday, I had the opportunity to show three men how to get saved, and all three of them bowed their head and trusted Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. And when we got done, I was like, Yet again, I was like, man, that was easy. Do you know what we do? We stock ourselves up for it. You know why? We're human. Can I Can I go ahead and pop your bubble real quick? It's okay to be scared to go on visitation. It's okay. You know what that proves? It proves you're human. Because even when I go on visit, and I, here's the thing, I've been preaching for 20 years. August the 12th would be 20 years. Been saved for 20 years. June 25th, 2002. Got saved by the grace of God. I've been saved for 20 years now. And I still, just the thought of teaching this class, brother, I, I thought I was going to throw up. <laughs> Honestly. Why? Because it's nerve wracking. Especially when y'all are sitting there like, how does he do it? What can we say about how he does it? Okay? And not that y'all are. Okay? But that, in my mind, it's intimidating, right? But here's the thing. Christ died for us. We have a responsibility. Mark 16, 15, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Here's the thing. He didn't say when it's comfortable. He didn't say when it's convenient. He said go. The first two letters of the word gospel are what? Go. Okay? That's at the door. Okay? Now let's talk about a, and we'll get into how to share here just more. But now let's talk about at the gas station or the grocery store or what have you. Okay, so when you you have you, know, you have a gospel track in your pocket? Uh, I got it. Man, the missionary gonna come teach a class. <laughs> missionary gonna teach a class, and ain't even got a gospel track. I, on I it. got a
0: pamphlet someone gave me for a car mount for a phone. Car.
2: <laughs> I don't I know that that would work. Uh huh. That's what I'd say too. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. He had gospel tracks in his pocket yesterday. Okay, uh-huh. but that was yesterday, not today. Anyway, <laughs> okay. So when you go to a gas station. There's a couple of things about a gas station. One, uh, everybody gets mad when they go to the gas pump nowadays, right? Yeah. Really? I really do. Oh, yeah. Hey, I about shouted, because there's a gas station right down the road, 421 a gallon. Guess where I'm going when I leave this afternoon? I've been begging God all morning, God, please let it be 421 whenever I leave. You know why? Because in Augusta, it's 499 a gallon. I'm like, uh-uh. But here's the thing. And I need gas to get home, all right? Here's the thing. When I go to a gas pump, I go, I visit a gas pump at least three times a week right now. When I go and I leave, here's what I do. I take that gospel track and I slide it in that pump handle, okay? Because we are so driven, entertainment driven nowadays, that almost every time, someone pulls up and they pull that gospel track out they're going to hold on to it because they're thinking well i'll put it in the garbage and then they put their they start pumping their gas and then they say how to get to heaven from Maine while they're pumping their gas Hey, okay? there are so many missed opportunities at the gas pump Hey, okay? if you're standing at a gas pump and you're pumping gas and somebody else is on the other side pumping gas, you know one of the greatest ways to start a conversation with somebody? Man, gas is crazy right now, ain't it? Everybody's gonna respond. And then that opens the door. Hey, has anybody told you today Jesus loves you? No? Can I be the first one? Jesus loves you. And if you would allow me to, and honestly, this is exactly how I say if you would allow me to, I'd love to give you a little pamphlet that tells you how much Jesus loved you and tells you how to get to heaven. So, Brother Matthew, do you really do that? Yes. Because here's the thing it's that easy. You just have to be willing. Remember, we talked this morning about our comfort zone. You know what witnessing to people is? It's outside of our comfort zone. But see, before I got saved by the grace of God, God called me to preach. I was as shy, I know y'all don't believe this, but I was as shy and as backwards that I could be. I wouldn't talk to nobody. And this, I bet the first girlfriend I ever had, I was 17 years old when I had my first girlfriend, no. 18 years old when I had my first girlfriend. She was blonde hair, blue eyed, beautiful. My wife now is about 10 times better looking, but she was beautiful, okay? And I sat right next to her in school. We was in AC school. We had our little cubicles, you know. And she sat in the next cubicle. Up. You know, it took me half the school year to work up the nerve to ask her out. I'm talking, I sit next to this girl every day. But you know what? God called me to preach, put me in a ministry. He's kept me here all these years. And you know what I've just learned? I'm just going to tell people. You know what, if you don't fit, you know, whenever you go fishing, I've talked about fishing all day today. I need to go fishing, all right? (laughs) If I was staying today, I'd be going over to Lake St. George, and I'd be throwing a line in the water, all right? But, you know, with fishing, if you don't put a hook on the end of it, or if you just put a hook out there, you put a hook out there, and my son thinks that you can't catch fish if you don't have uh, worms and a bobber. It's the only way he thinks you can catch fish. I've proved him wrong on multiple occasions, but he thinks that's the only way you can catch fish because he catches them little bluegill. It's about like that every time, okay? But here's the thing. If you just throw that bobber out there with that hook on it, you ain't getting nothing. But the second you put the bait on it, and that little worm after you just shoved that hook all the way through its body, you know what it's doing, right? Am I wrong? Did you say you need it again? Uh, alright? <laughs> We're live streaming, ain't we? Yeah. <laughs> Man! I always forget that, alright? I hate live streams sometimes, alright? Bad sermon clip to be pulling that little clip right there off. Putting it on Twitter, alright? Anyways. But you know what? If you don't throw the bait out, you'll never catch a fish. And if you don't give it a gospel track, you'll never win somebody to God. If you don't talk to somebody, you'll never win somebody to God. When you go into a gas station, nowadays everybody pays at the pump because they don't want to talk to nobody, right? It's a matter of convenience. I want like to talk to people. I don't like people. I don't want to talk to them anyway. i was just pay at the pump, right? I've made it a point here, especially because uh, shell gas stations, uh, Team Ape is doing a promotion right now uh, for T Mold Tuesdays that uh, you get an extra 20 cent off on your shell rewards. So make sure where you get 25 cents off a gallon up to 20 gallons. Well, my credit card that I use for gas every time, I get 2% cash back if I use Apple Pay. Why well, can't use Apple Pay to pump? So guess what I do? I go in because I can use Apple Pay inside the soil. I want my 2%. 2% is 2%, right? 2% of a dollar is what? Two cents. 2 cents. But 2% out of, off of 5 bucks, Ten cents. 10 cents, right? It adds up, okay? So I go in and I pay for my gas. But when I go in, I'm talking to that cashier. It's more than 90 on pump, whatever. Hey, how are you doing today? I saw a thing on social media not too long ago. that said that um, a cup of coffee, if you walk in, one small coffee, it's $5. You walk in and you say, one small coffee, please, it's three fifty. If you walk in and you say, hi, I'd like one small coffee, please, it's $1.75. You know what it costs to be nice? Absolutely Nothing. You know how you can show that cashier, whether it's at the gas station, the grocery store, whatever, you know how you can show them, part of showing them that you're a Christian is? Hey, how are you today? Because chances are the people that they've had before them in life are grouches, and they've not had anybody be nice to them all day. You said, Brother Matthew, you don't know that. Well, here's the thing. It is a sad state of affairs whenever people down at the restaurant would rather work any other day of the week than Sunday. Okay, We as God's people have got to get back to being nice.
0: Amen.
2: I saw signs all the way up through here. I think it's from the Lions Club. Be kind. What a novel concept. Do you know what? Be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you.
1: Okay?
2: Part of showing someone the love of Jesus is being nice to them, even when they don't deserve it. You ever went to the restaurant and the server just messed your order up royally? Been there, done that, got that t-shirt. You know, what? I went, I didn't eat the pizza last night, forgive me. Um, I was pizza out. I went to a guave, or Agave, or however you pronounce it, in Augusta. I had the fajita nachos and a side order of rice, okay? My order was $22 last night. I was like, 20, what? Why? <laughs> and in my flesh, I wanted want to be like, I ain't paying that.
1: <laughs>
2: and the Holy Spirit of God says, you got a towel and shut your mouth. But even if I didn't have a towel, I'm a representative of Christ. He said, preacher, that's highway robbery. Oh, it is, and I will never go back to that restaurant. Okay? You said, preacher, why Any restaurant that charges $4.50 for a side of rice, it's crazy, okay? I could have went to the dollar store and got a bag of Uncle Ben's Spanish rice for a dollar. Well, probably $1.25 now, but yeah. still cheaper than $4.50, right? But here's the thing. We're representatives of Christ. And the more that we act like it, the more our bait's get put out there. So we am How do I witness to somebody? Can I give you this real quickly? And I'll be done. I've already went way longer than what I intended to do. So if I'm talking to somebody about the Lord, and we've got to the point that they're hoping to be sharing the scriptures with them, I, y'all know what Romans wrote is, right? Okay? I start Romans chapter 3 verse 10. Because the first step to getting someone saved is what? Have their, have to, you have to see they they have to get them lost, and they have to see that they're a sinner. Okay? So whenever I'm talking to someone about the Lord, and typically I have my Soul Winners New Testament with me, okay? And my Soul Winners New Testament, I actually have, uh, I have it color-coded. And I have different verses highlighted. Uh, Red is for salvation. Green is for eternal security. And then I have other different codes in there, but I have it color-coded. Why? So that way I can flip my Bible around and say, would you read that verse right there in green? Well, remember we talked about it this morning. If you see it, I can say it all day long. But if you can see it, well, I'm going to walk them through that, and I'm going to go verse by verse. And at each point, I'm going to stop, and I'm going to ask this question. They read Romans chapter 3, verse number 10. Uh, Let's see. No, sorry. I'm in Romans chapter 2. might help if I was in Romans 3, huh? Uh, Romans chapter 3, verse number 10. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. I'm going to stop and I'm going to ask this question. Does that make sense? Why? Because if it doesn't make sense, we need to stop and we need to explain this verse. If it makes sense, we can go to the next one. We can go to verse number 11. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. Does that make sense? Then we're going to go to 323. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Does that make sense? why every step of the way and this is this is where god it amazes me every single time how much that god used the secular world to train me for what he wanted me to do because every bit of this stuff does this make sense does, uh, uh, all this checking for understanding this the teach back that i mentioned yesterday all that stuff you know where i learned it in the secular world But if you stop and you check for understanding along the way, you know what you're doing? You're making sure somebody's not just praying a prayer to get you off their porch. Okay? We're not... I don't care. Y'all, don't take my quote out of context, okay? But I don't care if I ever lead another person to the Lord. I'd rather never lead another person to the Lord than have somebody pray a prayer just to get me off their front porch. I'd rather never lead anybody else than to have one pray a prayer just to get me off their front porch why because when I stand before the judgment seat of Christ guess what's going to be on my hands the blood of that person that prayed a prayer just to get me off their front porch you said brother Matthew that's pretty hard that's how I feel about it okay might not be how you feel about it that's how I feel about it you said brother Matthew why is it that serious because I'm convinced the reason why that we talk to people on visitation, we lead people to the Lord on visitation, and then they never come to church. It's because they never got it to start with. Now, brother Matthew, you know you can't make them come to church. I understand that. Okay, follow what I'm saying. The reason most of the time the reason they don't come is because of the fact that they prayed a prayer just to get us off of their porch. I'm against. I'm for confrontational soul winning, to a certain extent. I'm not for ugly soul winning. Does that make sense? You know what you do whenever you're presenting the Bible and you say, "For all has and come toward the glory of God." You know what that is? That's confrontational. I'm not for going to somebody's porch and saying you're dying and going to hell. You need to get right with God right now. You're insane. Okay. Sorry, probably not the right word to say. Okay, but here's the thing. At the end of the day, we need to know our Bibles. It's the same thing I talked about yesterday in the in the class. You have to be prepared. Said preacher, I don't know how to lead somebody to the Lord. Can I encourage you to do this in this track? There's several on back there on the back table. How to get to heaven from Maine? Okay. More important than living in Maine is where you'll live forever. Narrow is the way that leadeth unto life. there be the couple on down. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Jesus is the only way to heaven. Only way to heaven, and He gave these directions on how to get there. Okay, you ready? The very first thing: realize you're a sin. Well, what have I just done? Whenever I talk to somebody on the front porch, what am I doing? I'm confronting them with the fact that they are saved. If you don't know how to lead somebody to the Lord, get a gospel track. Walk them through that gospel tract. You know how I learned to lead somebody to the Lord? It's because I was on the front steps of the porch with my pastor, and I didn't have a clue. Someone asked me, hey, are you one of those that believe in being saved? Yeah. Well, how do I do that? Uh, and my pastor had to step up and take over. You know what I did? I went home that afternoon. I got every single gospel track I could find, and I read them, and I studied them, and I read them, and I studied them, and I read them, and I studied them until I knew how to lead someone to the Lord from the scriptures. If you don't know how to lead someone to the Lord, get you a gospel track. Okay? Realize you're a sinner. It's literally four things realize you're a sinner, realize there's a penalty for your sin, realize Jesus paid the penalty repent of your sin and receive Jesus as your Savior it is that simple We talked yesterday and I'll make mention of it now and I'll be done, when you talk to someone about the Lord, they pray, the, they pray a prayer. It, I had a man come to me in my office the other day, a year ago the end of this month, he sat down in my office and he said I think I'm ready because not everybody's ready Not everybody's going to get saved the first time you talk to them. You're not that special, and neither am I. Some plant, some water, but God give it the increase. It's not our job to save them. It's not our job to say, hey, you need to get saved right now. It's our job to say, hey, here's the seed. God, you send somebody along to water it, and God, you send the increase. Okay? Whenever you have that moment whenever you're able to talk to somebody about the Lord and they say well how do I do that you've went through the Romans road you've showed them from scripture you're not this is where I'm very careful what does the Bible say because I want them to understand this isn't just like this morning in Sunday school every bit of that about eternal security that came directly from scripture wasn't what I was saying it was what the book said right at the end of the day what is our authority it's this Bible. And whenever you show someone in Scripture, this is what the Bible says about me. And say, okay, how do I do that? I had a man sit in my office, and we'd been talking to him for six, eight months, and he said, I'm just not ready. July 31st last year, he's sent in my office, and he, he called me Bubba. He's the only one I ever, only one in this world that's allowed to call me Bubba. Okay? But he walked up to me, and he said, he was sitting there across the desk from me. He said, Bubby, and he said I've been working through some things the last couple of days in my own mind. And he said, I think I'm ready. And then he said something that I'll never forget. He said, but I don't know how. I said, well, called his name. I said, you just got to pray and ask God to save you. He said, I don't know how to do that. Well, and y'all don't fall out with me, okay? I've been very In my own mind, I've not said it publicly or anything like that, but I've been very cautious in using the sinner's prayer because I think we overuse it. I think we use it to the point that we lead people in a prayer. Just that way we notch another number on our bell. And he said, Bubba, I don't know how. Will you help me? And in that moment, I made up my mind. If another person ever asked me, will you help me? I will walk them through that prayer every single time. Why? Because at that point, they have got to the point where they realize they're a sinner. They realize that there's they need a they need a payment for their sin. And they're willing to repent of their sin and call on God to save them. I will do it every single time. When you get to that point, they've prayed a prayer. You've walked them through. They've prayed themselves. I'm very careful. Even in a prison environment, I'm very careful to make this statement. You need to understand it's not the prayer that saves you. If you pray this prayer and you don't mean it, you don't have any kind, you don't have any faith. You'll you'll be just as lost as you were before you started saying the prayer. All you're doing is wasting your breath. But if you'll pray this prayer in faith, believing, that's what it takes, right? If you'll pray this prayer in faith, God will save you. And I saw in verse if you pray, if you ask, he'll do it, right? That's what that verse says, right? Well, yeah. After they pray, then i give them verses concerning eternal security. Why? Because I want them to know that they are forever saved. Okay? Make sense? I'm almost scared to ask this. Okay? And if it's is not okay, you tell me. Is there any questions? I don't know if that's how I'm supposed to close that's this fine. or not, but... Is there any questions? Anything that I said that wasn't clear? Nothing? So y'all are ready to go give Unity Maine the gospel now, right? Yes, ma'am.
0: Okay, this may be a whole other can of worms. Oh, goodness. (laughs) One of the big discussions we had was at what age do you think children are ready to make a decision?
1: And I know every child is different, Mm -hmm. but because I know there's a concern about well, say the center mm-hmm. when they're not old enough to have any right. they're talking about?
2: The way I've handled that, my son's eight years old. And the way I've ha- he's come to me one time, and I've dealt with other children as well, if I can send you back to your seat and you're okay with it, you're not ready. Does that make sense? If I can tell you, no, let's wait, and you're okay with it, you're not ready. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. That's how I handle that. Because the last thing that I want to do is lead them in a prayer and they cling to that all their lives and die and go to hell. Does that make sense? Um, It's very tricky dealing with children because some of them, they've been raised in church. They know what the plan of salvation is. They know it better than you do sometimes. But if you can send them back to their seat or you can tell them let's wait and they're okay. They're not ready, at least in my mind. Yes, sir. My
0: brother-in-law, uh, my niece has come to him a couple times about being saved. And he's asked her, well, let me ask you this. He'd uh, say, if I tell you you can stay up late tonight and eat ice cream, would you rather do that than be safe right now? And she'd say, yeah, I'd rather stay up and eat ice mm-hmm. cream. She'd say, well, not you're really. not ready yet. You know, exactly. Rather, you know, this is more important to you right mm-hmm. now than, so you use something like that. Exactly
2: any other questions, comments anything as clear as mud
0: yeah we have. so it's been a year almost two years now. Um, we have a young family that comes to our church and they got two little boys and um, the mom got saved and then about three weeks later the older brother he was only probably ten with tears, came up and wanted to get saved. And so his parents went up next door and talked. And the younger brother said he wanted to get saved too, but the parents really just didn't think he was ready yet. But they got home and he was just, Adam, I want to get saved. I yeah. need to get saved. I want to. And so finally they just said, Well, let's talk about it again. And they yeah. talked about it again. And he was bound and determined he wanted to get it. If you
2: can put him cool. off, they're not ready. But if you can't put them off, mm-hmm. you better get to showing them. Yeah. That's all I know how to say. it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the age of accountability, there's nothing in Scripture that tells what it is. As far as I can tell, maybe you have more, you're more oh, spiritual agree. than I am. So, uh, <laughs> But there's nothing that I can tell from Scripture that says, hey, they <laughs> have to be this old. Kenny Baldwin, you know who Kenny Baldwin is? tremendous preacher he got saved when he was five years old i know other men that got saved when they was four years old doing a tremendous work for god and you can't shake them on their salvation okay that's the thing that's the reason why that if you i'll send them back why because i don't want the devil to be able to shake them on their salvation well you know you was only five or six years old when you no i want them to know okay all right let's be let's pray I do still have a couple of Bibles left on the back table there. I will tell you this. Uh, if you purchased a Bible from me earlier, forgive me, okay? But I don't want to pack the I don't want to pack them back up. If I'm just being honest. Um, I will before I leave them. Uh, but the two church Bibles that are back there, if you want one of those, I have two left. One of them 65, one of them 75. Uh, if you want one of those, I'll knock uh, $5 each off the price, okay? You uh, say, so, well, that's only $5. Well, that's $5 out of my pocket, okay? <laughs> so if you want one of those, uh, feel free to make yourself available to those, and we'll get that taken care of, all right? Let's be, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for the privilege and the opportunity to be in church this afternoon. Thank you for the people that stayed and be a part of the services this afternoon. Lord, I pray well for the ones that couldn't stay. Lord, I pray that you bless them as well. Lord, I pray well for each one of us that have Uh, Being here today, Lord, I pray our lives have been changed for your honor and your glory as a result of being at church this morning, not because of the preacher preaching, but, Lord, because of the God we serve. Have your will and way now. Bless as the preacher comes, Close this service. We'll thank you and we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: All right. I appreciate that. I I will say I also appreciate him pointing out the caution, uh, you know, in just running someone through a prayer. Um, you know, I've known people in the past, and, it, and it's always caused me to be hesitant, but they would, someone was either going to pray a prayer or slam the door in their face. Those were their two options, you know, or run them off their property. And I just, I don't think that's the right way to handle people. You know, you just burn bridges and where to plant and water. Well, you just, instead of planting or watering, you just set them on fire, you know, and they're just, they're not going to listen to anyone after that. So, uh, you know, I appreciate that because I do think there is we, we ought to be faithful and we ought to share and we ought to give them the opportunity, but Frankly if, if you force them to pray a prayer like you said to get them off your porch, off their porch, you know They they probably are not wasn't wasn't sincere wasn't genuine. It was I'll say these words to get rid of you, but You know we want if we're gonna if we're gonna lead someone to Christ. We want them to get it. We want them to really settle it and uh, It's by faith, right? By faith, so through faith. So, all right. Well, I don't have anything else. So we'll go ahead and close in a word of prayer. We fellowship for a little bit, and uh, thank you, brother Frank, for being with us today. It's been a blessing. Appreciate the uh, the day. I appreciate the Sunday school, the morning, the afternoon. It's been a blessing, and prayerfully we've been given some things that will help us. Be a blessing and give us some uh, some things to work on. Uh, you know, I like your Conversational approach. So I was thinking about it last couple of days, and I think that's effective when we can have a conversation with somebody. And it's not a. They said this, I'm going to say this. They said this, I'm going to say this. But it's a, it's a conversation. It's a rapport, and maybe that's from years of sales. I don't know, but just when you can build that rapport with them and talk with them as a friend, yes. as opposed to someone who's, uh, you know, then they know we care, right? We can have a conversation with them. We're demonstrating that we do care by talking about things that are important to them. So It's a blessing. All right. And I haven't mastered it. I'm not great at it. It is a work in progress. And uh, we're trying to get, get going on that so we can improve and be better, uh, not just for the sake of getting people to come to church, but really so we can be better for our Savior and bring people to Him. So, all right. Let's go ahead and pray in the Lord fellowship. Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Thank you for your Word. Thank you for it being preached. Thank you for Brother Frank and taking the time and and making the investment in our church uh, yesterday and today, and making an investment in the lost souls of New England, uh, particularly those in prison. But I know he's also involved in other ministries also. Um, Lord, I just pray you bless him and his family, and Lord, give him safety as he travels home today. Bless our church, Lord. Help us to grow, not just in numbers, but Lord, just as if not more importantly for us here, grow spiritually in our walk with you. And if we do that as individuals, as families, as a church, then I believe you will grow us numerically because we'll be faithful about being about your business in leading souls to Christ. Lord, I just pray you give us a good day, give us a good week, help us to live faithfully for you. We love you.